Chapter 17. Visor 3 in person is worse than Visor 3 as a hologram. There's nothing horrible about him, not when he's in his normal, Andalite body, at least. Andalites are strange looking, that's for sure, but they aren't frightening. I had met a real Andalite. You could feel the difference between a real Andalite and the evil beast that was Visor 3. It was like he glowed with some dark light, a light that cast a shadow over your mind. Visor 3. Even Chapman feared him. Around the Visor, two hork guards deployed. Each was holding a Dracon beam. Not that hork ever looked like they needed weapons. They were weapons. Marco had called them walking salad shooters. They were living razor blades. Wickedly curved blades raked forward from their foreheads. More blades were at their elbows and wrists. Their feet were like Tobias's talons, only much bigger, like Tyrannosaur feet. They were seven feet tall, maybe a little more, with a spiked tail. The Andalite had told us that the hork were a good people, enslaved by the Yurks, just the same way the Yurks wanted to enslave humans. But it was hard to look at a hork and think that they had ever been anything but killing machines. Behind the hork came four taxons. Imagine a centipede. Now imagine a centipede twice the length of a man, and just as big around. Imagine that the centipede holds the upper third of its body erect. Imagine pointed legs like steel pins below, and smaller legs with little claws as you get closer to the head. Not that it has a real head. There are four separate globs that look like chopped up red jello that are the taxon's eyes. And at the very top, a mouth. The mouth is perfectly round and lined with row after row of small, needle teeth. The Andalite told us that the taxons are all voluntary hosts. They are allies of the Yurks. And yet, as horrible as the hork and the taxons were, it was Visser Three who made your skin crawl. Without the hologram communicator, the Visser communicated in the usual Andalite fashion. He thought spoke, much like we all did when we were in Morph. This is the Andalite bandit? He asked Chapman. Yes, Visser. Visser Three advanced toward me, almost mincing his delicate Andalite legs looking like a cross between a deer, a human, and a scorpion. He aimed his main eyes at me. His stalk eyes scanned the area, always watchful. He brought his face close to the cage. I was staring right into his face. I could see the nose slits open and close as he breathed. I could see the large, almond-shaped eyes narrow as he peered inside to get a better look at me. He was only inches away. I should have tried to reach through the bars and at least bloody him a little. But the fear was all over me. I was sick with terror. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I couldn't stand his eyes watching me. I turned away, afraid to look. Not so brave now, my Andalite friend, Visser Three asked. It was the first time any of us had ever been spoken to directly by the Visser. His voice was in my head, threatening and cruel and foul beyond description. It was a voice full of power and hate. When he called me an Andalite, I almost burst out, No, no, Visser, not an Andalite, a human, a human. It was like I could feel the terrible force of his will battering me. In an instant, I knew I would never survive his questioning. I would tell him everything. His power was a million times greater than mine. His will was a vast, huge, irresistible thing. And what was I? Just some foolish little girl. A foolish, lost girl lost. And yet, 
even as I felt my own mind wither before the black terror of Visser Three, another mind came forward. I was not alone. There was another in my head with me, someone whose species memory had no images of Visser Three. Fluffer. Fluffer's mind contained fears, but they were different from my fears. Fluffer feared big predator birds. Fluffer feared loud aggressive dogs. Fluffer feared dominant male cats. But Fluffer was not at all impressed by Visser Three. On the edge of absolute panic, I let the cat in my mind take over. I sank back, hiding behind the calm cat brain. Visser Three took the cage from Chapman. He lifted it up so he could see inside better. And what did I do? What did Fluffer do? He stuck his little pink nose up against the bars and sniffed the air. Fluffer wanted to find out what this creature was, and that meant getting a good smell of him. This is similar to the orange and black creature that invaded the pool, Visser Three said. It took me a second to track on this. Then I realized. He meant Jake. Jake had been in his tiger morph when we battled in the yerk pool. Yes, Visser, Chapman said. They are a family of animals, felines. These are the smallest. I see you damaged my servant in its 226, Andalite, Visser Three said to me. No one ever accused you Andalites of lacking courage. You are a race of fools, but brave. What was I supposed to say? Thank you? Why not answer me, Andalite? I know you hear my words. This charade is pointless. I know what you are. I said nothing. I tried to think nothing. I was afraid that if I said anything, he would instantly know I was not an Andalite, and if he realized I was human, the others would never be safe. I had to stay in this body. I had to die in this body, and take my secret with me. Visser Three put my cage back down. Now, where's the girl? I have promised her to Innis 455. Innis 455 is a spawnmate of yours, I believe. We will do the infestation aboard the mothership, and I will have the girl return tomorrow. Where is she? Visser, I... Chapman said. The mask of politeness dropped from Visser Three in a microsecond. Even my cat eyes could barely follow his movements, they were so swift. Visser Three grabbed Chapman around the neck. His andalite tail arced forward. The dagger point of the tail was in Chapman's face. Do you defy me? It was like a hiss. The hiss of a snake. No, 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 Visser! Chapman was shaking like a leaf. I, I would never defy you, it's only the host of Chapman. He and the woman rebelled. Aren't you able to control your host? Visser Three sneered. Do you think the Andalite mind that still lives in this body never resists? Do you imagine your human host is more powerful than my own Andalite host? This wasn't going very well for Chapman. Either the real human Chapman or the human controller that called itself Chapman. Visser, I... I only report the facts to you. My, my, my host is under control, but... I am constantly in contact with humans. I occupy a responsible position in their society. I cannot have my host body causing me to twitch and shake. Humans see such things as signs of mental illness. I could lose my position, and I, I would no longer be of any use to you. You are barely of any use to me now, Visser Three sneered. Visser, my host begs leave to address you directly, Chapman said. Visser Three hesitated. I saw his stock eyes scan around, checking for any signs of threat. Instinctively, I looked around too. 
I had no way of knowing how well Visser Three's borrowed andalite eyes could see in the dark. But for me, the darkness was no barrier. I looked. I didn't even know what I was looking for. But all I saw were the hork and the Taxons, and the Yerk ships, silent and dark, and the buildings and forlorn construction equipment of the site. Then I caught a glimpse of movement. It was in the woods that bordered the construction site. A swift side-to-side -side movement, just the sort of thing my cat eyes noticed best. But when I stared closer, I saw no further movement. Probably just another hork patrolling. I will allow the host to address me, Visser Three said. I craned my head up as well as I could to watch. For a moment, nothing changed. Then suddenly, Chapman sagged. It was like he was a marionette and someone had cut all his strings. He collapsed, straight down, his legs just twisted up under him. He tried to stand, but it was as if he didn't know how to make his legs work. They would jerk and suddenly kick out, but he could not stand. Finally, he gave up. For sure, he mumbled. For sure, sure, I sorry. Visser, Visser, Visser Three. The real, human Chapman had been out of control of his own body for so long, he no longer remembered how to move or speak. Visser Three, he said again. His voice was slurry and strange. Speak, you fool! Visser Three snapped. Do you think I can stay here forever? Visser Three, you... We had a deal. You know I never wanted to join you. My wife did. But I said no. But... But then my wife. No longer my wife by then, of course. Suddenly he began to cry. I could see his tears very clearly. My wife, who no longer was my wife. My... My wife, who was one of your creatures. Thre threatened. Threatened to give you my daughter. Chapman managed to raise one clumsy hand to his eyes. I forgive her. She was weak. And you feed on weakness. Yes, yes, get to the point, Visser Three said. A hork moved closer. He muttered something to Visser, then moved away. I couldn't hear or understand what the hork said, but it looked like he was reminding Visser Three that they shouldn't hang around too long. The point is, Chapman said, that I agreed to be made into a host. I agreed to... to... He looked like he was about to throw up. I agreed to surrender my freedom, to become a controller, to accept this filthy thing in my head, to accept your control. I agreed, but only if you would spare my daughter. It felt like my heart had stopped beating. Chapman had become a controller to save Melissa? He had given more than his life to save his daughter? The situation has changed, Mr. Three said. The Chapman person is an important part of our work. We cannot have him endangered by some uncontrollable human. The girl, Melissa, is no threat. But, Chapman struggled to lift himself up once again with his clumsy legs and awkward arms. He rose to his knees. Then slowly, slowly, he stood up. He was wobbling and swaying, but he was standing. The girl is no threat, he repeated in a stronger more confident voice. But I am. Chapter 18 You? A threat? Mr. Three laughed. He reached out with one hand to push lightly on Chapman's chest. Chapman fell back, sprawled out on the dirt. 
His head was just inches from the door of my cage. Tears were streaming down the side of his face. If you harm my daughter, I will fight you. I will fight you forever. Ask your Yurk if he believes me. He knows me better than anyone. Ask Innis226 if I will fight for my daughter. Chapman closed his eyes. The tears stopped. Then his eyes opened again. He picked himself up quickly from the ground and stood before Visser 3. The Yurk slug was in charge again. He was once again a controller. Before he stood, I saw something that frightened me all over again. It was Chapman's watch. The time was now 9.28. I had about 17 minutes before I hit the two-hour limit. The host will attempt to disrupt your work. Yes, Visser, and the woman as well. She is not as strong as this one, but she was able to gain control of one hand. Perhaps she has deeper strengths than we knew. He hesitated before going on. I could still smell the fear on him. I am of more use with a passive, voluntary host. But I am your tool, Visser. I will do as you command. Yes, you will certainly do as I command, Visser Three said. But you have brought me this Andalite bandit. He nodded down toward me. And this will occupy my time for a little while. Leave the girl for now. Now get out. You tempt my patience. Chapman didn't need a second invitation. He jumped in the car and tore out of there. Melissa was safe. As safe as she would ever be with Chapman as her father. That was something. Not much, but something. Move out! Visser Three yelled. I saw the hork respond instantly to his command. The nearest one snatched me up, and suddenly we were moving fast toward the blade ship. In seconds, it would all be over. I would be aboard the Visser ship. I would leave Earth. The only thing in my future was pain. Maybe I would die before I betrayed my friends. A depressing kind of thing to hope for. So, what's happening now? Meow! I jumped and spun around inside my cage. Jake? Is that you? Who else would it be? You know anyone else who would be a talking flea riding your back? Jake, you were supposed to get away and be safe. Yeah, right. Like I was going to abandon you. Listen, I could hear Visser Three's thought speech, but I don't know where we are. We're about 10 feet away from being loaded into Visser Three's blade ship. I have about 15 minutes left before I'm trapped in this morph. 15 minutes? Great, if you have 15, I have 10. I had to morph earlier than you, remember? Jake, get out of here! You can't be trapped as a flea! The door of the blade ship slid open silently. I could see dark red lights inside. I could see a handful of taxons that seemed to be standing over control panels of some sort. hork stood at attention. I'm not getting out of here. Jake said. None of us are. None of... You mean the rest are fleas too? No, but they should be around somewhere. Tobias was supposed to follow us and lead the others to wherever we ended up. They can't do anything. Oh really? Well, I bet they'll try. Just at that moment, I heard a strange sound. My cat brain didn't recognize it, but the human me did. It was an engine. A big engine. Like a big truck, or maybe a tractor, or... an earth mover. The hork carrying me saw it too. He ran into the blade ship and tossed me down. Then he ran back to the visor, who waited in the doorway. I think they started one of the earth movers, I told Jake. Then I guess it's time for me to get into this fight, Jake said. I'm going to try a quick double morph. Hope it works. 
It goes nothing. Yee-haw! All at once, through the open door of the blade ship, I spotted the earth mover. It lumbered at a painfully slow speed, but it lumbered right toward the blade ship. Get us in the air! Visser 3 shouted. The nearest taxon said something in their slithery snake speech. It sounded like, Two minutes to lift off. Too long! Visser said. His tail whipped forward. I saw a huge gash open in the flesh of the taxon. Greenish-yellow goo poured out. The other taxons all looked kind of excited. They were waving their little upper arms and snapping their little claws. You and you! Visser 3 pointed at two taxons. Get us off the ground. The rest of you may feed on this fool. The wounded taxon emitted a wailing, slithery scream. Three other taxons rushed at him. Their circular mouths fastened onto their fellow taxons' writhing flesh and began chewing and tearing at him. The sound of the diesel engine grew louder. Visser 3 was rapping out orders. Hork-Bajir ran through the door and back outside. Then I saw something happening in the dark corner of the cabin, over past the horrific taxon feeding frenzy. Something was growing. A human being was growing out of nothing. Jake! Can't talk. Don't distract me. Visser 3 was in a rage. You could feel the waves of his anger radiating around the small space. Destroy that machine! He ordered. Outside, two hork took aim at the five tons of slow-moving steel. Jake was still cowering in the corner, but he had begun to change once again. In the darkness, my cat eyes could see the beginning of a pattern of stripes. Black and orange. The stripes of a tiger. It was time for me to do my part. I concentrated. I felt the change begin. The cage grew small around me. Rumble, rumble, rumble. The earth mover closed in. The near-dead taxon screamed as his fellow taxons ate him alive. Suddenly, I saw a brilliant red light. There was a sizzling sound. I saw the earth mover disintegrate. My heart was in my throat. Marco, Cassie, had they gotten away? I had to concentrate. I had to ignore the taxon's screams. I had to stop wondering whether Cassie and Marco had been on that earth mover when it was hit. I had to control my morph. Not too far, Rachel. Not too much. I could not become human. Not totally human. I looked down at my paw. Short, stubby fingers had appeared. I stuck my stubby, half-human fingers through the bars of the cage and found the lock. One of the feeding taxons looked away from his meal just long enough. Yes, Fancy! It waved its creepy front legs in my direction. Visser 3 snapped around and glared at me with ferocious hatred. I opened the door of my cage. Jake leapt through the air, his huge claws outstretched. I flung out of the cage a clumsy mass of fur and skin, a creature that was half cat and half human. Jake hit Visser 3 in the side. This time you're mine, you jerk! Visser 3 fell over, tangled up in tiger. His deadly tail flashed but missed. Jake ripped the Visser's flesh with claws infinitely bigger than mine. Ah! It was a great pleasure hearing Visser 3 scream that way, but I had other things to worry about. I couldn't move in my half-morph. I concentrated on regaining my cat form. I had only minutes left before the two hours would be up. Jake rolled off Visser 3 just as a handful of hork rushed to the Visser's defense. Run! Jake yelled. Run! I agreed. We ran. 
I was back fully in Fleffer's shape. I could do 30 miles an hour, as fast as the fastest human could run. Unfortunately, Hork-Bajir are faster. Jake was faster still, for short distances. Fast enough to outrun the Hork-Bajir that were after us. But he wasn't going to leave me behind. Jake turned and came for the closest Hork-Bajir. I saw him flying over my head, a huge beast, orange and black striped. The Hork-Bajir went down hard. Get out of here, Rachel! You're too small to fight these guys! But there was still another Hork-Bajir on my tail. Faster than me. Too fast. I dodged left. The Hork-Bajir shot past me. I turned back sharply, my little pad scrabbling in the dirt. The Hork-Bajir grabbed for me, but missed. Something else was moving. Something big. The ground was rumbling. A second earth mover was grinding forward on its tank treads. Marco and Cassia started another earth mover. I raced toward the nearest half-finished building. I had to get away, and I had to morph back. Time was up. In minutes, I would be trapped. I saw a dark hole. I flew toward it in a single leap. The hole led under a wall. Then it opened into a shallow basement. There was a concrete floor about two feet over my head. I was safe. Safe and with room enough to morph back to human shape. I tried to concentrate. Out beyond my little concrete shelter, I heard the growls and alien cries. I heard the rumble of the earth mover. I thought I heard the sizzle of jackon beams. Human, I told myself. Return to human. Only minutes left. Then I felt a shattering noise. Then another. Another. It was like some giant was stomping around. The giant steps stopped. I was frozen, unable to even think, let alone morph. Crash! All around me, pillars of rock-hard scaled flesh, each as big around as a tree trunk ripped into the concrete. Grunch! The concrete was lifted off me, torn away like it was paper. I was exposed, trapped, and standing over me, with the shattered concrete floor in its mighty hand, was a beast that seemed to be made of living rock. You won't get away so easily, Visser 3 said. Hi, Phantomorphs. Sorry for the late episode. I did a real bad job at editing. Um, thanks for listening. Sorry it was late. I'm real hungry and I want to get this published. So, if you want to hear more, it's audiomorphs.podbean.com. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. I don't have anything else to say this week, so my name is Daniel, and I believe the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>